Nothing beats coming home after a long road trip, and the Jets, having played four out of six on the road, are coming back to the warm embraces of Sack Squirtle and familiar territory. We'll dive into all of what to expect on this homestand on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, Jets fans, and welcome to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Stay tuned to hear more about how Game Time can save you time and money on your next event tickets. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, the Jets are finally back home. They have had quite a few road games recently, uh, a big swing through the Pacific Division, uh, you know, interspersed between like a game with the Lightning at home and then a home and home against Minnesota. But quite honestly, with that amount of travel back and forth uh, across international lines, as it were, it's been a bit of a long uh, past couple of uh, weeks, right? The Jets have had to do a lot of travel, and finally finally, they're back home for four games. And with the Jets welcoming the Blue Jackets uh, later this evening, this should be you know, the start of a really good chance for the Jets to continue to cement not only their place in the NHL, uh, as really one of the best teams, if not the best team in the league, but also to consolidate further uh, standings points in the Central Division, pad that lead, and also get a sense of what the top teams in some of the other divisions are like. Now, this particular homestand, they're not really going to face too many strong opponents, uh, but they will be facing the Flyers and Islanders, who have somehow managed to claw further up in the Metro Division than I think anyone was really anticipating. But first, before the Jets even get there, they've got to take on the Blue Jackets, right? Columbus is one of those teams that's really struggled this year. Uh, the Blue Jackets have fallen, you know, to the bottom of the Metro. What is kind of funny, though, is that despite being at the bottom of the Metro, they've actually racked up a respectable amount of points, uh, 35 points this year, which I think a lot of folks, you know, if you look at the other divisions, they'd probably say that's actually not as bad as some of like the worst teams like San Jose, Chicago and a lot of the other bottom feeders. You know, this this being the Metro division where everyone has like 44 points and above once you hit seventh place, it's pretty tough, right? Um, and I think with, you know, the amount of jockeying further up in this division, you have a kind of a weird situation where all these teams have very similar uh, points, uh, points totals, but it's hard to really know which of these squads are actually good. Like, I feel like I'm very suspicious of, say, you know, the, the Hurricanes and the Islanders and maybe even the Flyers, but they continue to churn out results and the Jets are going to be facing both the Islanders and Flyers on top of, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets. So this is a very Metro heavy run. But if you ask me, right, 
if the Jets were to be in the Metro division, they would have to be at or near the top. Uh, I don't know if they would necessarily be above the Rangers if they played more teams in the East. My guess is based on this, probably, I think the Jets can honestly play against anyone and beat most opponents. So, uh, you know, this is a really interesting, interesting couple of games. Now, I think with the Islanders, um, you have kind of a fun thing where they're sort of I would say OT loss merchants, they seem to collect points in a lot of defeats, which I mean, if it works for them, Hey, great. But I think in terms of padding the stats a little bit and making their standings positioning look a little better than it really is. I think at some point the Isles are going to have a a bit of a tough reckoning, especially if they make the playoffs. Once you get to that point, all of those weaknesses that they have, which, you know, the lack of scoring um, and sort of the mediocre offensive output is going to be a bit of a concern. Well, the Flyers, they've they've played more sustainably. I'll say the, the Flyers have, I think, surprised a lot of people. Um, Tortorella has probably done a, a more impressive job than he gets credit for. You know, this Flyers team really wasn't expected to be anywhere near fighting for a playoff spot. But right now they're kind of in the thick of it. They also just had a big trade where Cutter Gauthier was traded for like a second round pick and Jamie Drysdale. Uh, That whole drama really came out of nowhere. I was actually at the gym and checked my phone, looked down and kind of had to blink twice because I wasn't really sure that I was reading what the trade was correctly. I thought it was some kind of um, spam account or something. But as it turns out, that really did happen. Uh, Cutter apparently didn't want to sign with the Flyers. And so they've made a swap. It'll be interesting to see if Drysdale makes his appearance, uh, his, I guess, Flyers, uh, not, I don't know if it'll actually be his debut, um, but perhaps one of his first games as a Flyer against the Jets, which should be fun. Um, I think for Winnipeg, it'll be seeing a somewhat familiar face having faced the Anaheim Ducks plenty of times. But, you know, Drysdale, I don't know if it, that really moves the needle. Uh, as far as like the first couple of games, though, you've got the Blue Jackets and Hawks. Those should be victories for the Jets. After having beaten uh, San Jose recently, I feel like the Jets can avenge their defeat to the Hawks um, at home this time. And, you know, given how the Jets top line is starting to cook again, Winnipeg's power play is looking better and better. Um, and just the general depth scoring that we're seeing these first two opponents, I don't think that there should be too many problems. I think the Flyers and Islanders games are going to be a lot harder just because not only are the teams better, but like you've got really good goaltending with the Islanders and a, a tougher defense to deal with. So yeah, the Jets, um, this, I would say there's probably got to be some kind of a loss here, right? I feel like it would be really shocking if the Jets won all four games. They've were already gone, you know, on a six game win streak as it is. We'll talk about some of the other streaks that are currently active, but I mean, you got to imagine that the Jets are are somehow going to lose something here. Uh, if they don't, I mean, that'd be pretty friggin' ridiculous. Another eight points, uh, a four game sweep of the homestand. I mean, you really couldn't ask for more. And I guess what is sort of beneficial for the Jets is that there's no back to backs here. So there's at least a little bit of rest between each game. And for the Jets, that could be to their advantage. Maybe it gives them a little bit more time to recoup um, and perhaps even get a couple of guys back from injury. I know Heinola and Kupari are probably ready to return. I guess the biggest question is who even comes out now, right? Do you maybe make a lineup change or two against the Black uh, against the Blackhawks and Blue Jackets? Maybe you get Kupari and Heinola some ice time. I don't know. This is kind of where Winnipeg's roster depth is now actually causing a problem because they have so many guys who are really punching above their weight and doing really well. 
that trying to figure out who to potentially sit for a player coming back from injury is really hard. The only guy who's got a guaranteed spot right now is Kai O'Connor. And even his particular positioning in the lineup is probably still up for debate. So yeah, a lot of, of, of stuff for the Jets to deal with. But of course, like I just said, they have been on some impressive streaks recently, and they've got a chance to continue a big one against these next four opponents. We'll talk about what that streak is and why it's so special for the Jets in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, and in fact, it's just finished. But, you know, there's still time to get in on the action ahead of the playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. For those of you who are rooting for teams that have either been eliminated in the playoffs uh, or eliminated from playoff contention or perhaps... Um, are, are now in the wild cards, this would be a great time to perhaps cast a $5 bet and just try your luck. Obviously, $150 in bonus bets is guaranteed, so no matter what happens with your $5 bet, you've still got a chance to come out a winner. And of course, with FanDuel, the app is uh, super easy to use. There's so many different ways to bet. You've got live same-game parlays, uh, bets under the you know new Explore tab. You've also got a parlay hub that allows you to find the most popular parlays, and you've got so many other choices. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a chip shot field goal. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are talking about uh, <laughs> some fun streaks and stuff, some of which involve Sack Squirtle. I know you've probably seen at least a little bit of the montages inside uh, Canada Life Center. We'll talk about some really fun streaks and what the Jets have really done during these streaks in just a little bit. Before we get to that, though, just wanted to shout out something really cool that the Locked On Podcast Network is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, like I said, the Jets, uh, I've called this section the legend of, of Sack Squirtle, and I think that's very fair. Um, Sack Squirtle got introduced to Winnipeg pretty recently. Uh, Nick Lynham on Twitter was the first person to really uh, start posting this, and and it somehow just really gained traction. We've seen you know national media pick it up. We've seen the Jets themselves actually incorporate it into uh, jumbotron music pump up videos. Which can I just say that's really awesome? That's the kind of stuff that I think the Jets really could do very simple fan engagement with. Um, obviously, making these graphics is not simple. Uh, credit to Quentin Rob, I believe his name is, who has been doing a great job of uh, running this stuff and really making the in arena atmosphere better. But you know. All of these kind of simple acknowledgments from the Jets of, of what the fan base is like and what they're interested in, that's going to get people in the seats. It's like a very small gesture, but I promise you it goes a really long way to making Winnipeggers feel a part of the team more so than they have the past few years. But talking about the streaks, right? The Jets are on a huge uh, point streak. They have not lost in regulation when they've had Sack Squirtle played on the uh, played on the Jumbotron. I think they're like 7-0-2 or something like that. Um, the Jets have generally been really good. And it's funny because you wouldn't have imagined that 
you know, during this period that just happens to align with this uh, sort of meme character popping up that the Jets would be this good. But if you actually had been following this team for a while, you know that that's not even the most impressive streak the Jets are on. Right now, Winnipeg is uh, shooting for their 30th straight game of competing or of, of conceding three goals or less, which for the Jets is simply ridiculous. Actually, for any team, it'd be ridiculous. Uh, this is the second longest streak in NHL history. Well, at least since they started tracking this particular one since like 1967. And for Winnipeg to be doing stuff in the modern era where right now the league average save percentage is around a 903 or a 904. What the Jets are getting from not only the team's defensive structure, but from Hellebuck and Bressois is just mind-boggling. We've never really seen this team go on a run quite like this. I'm not even sure if they've done anything remotely similar to this, even during the 2017-2018 team when they just pantsed opponents, right? They still had chances where they conceded goals. There were times where they had to come back from like a 3-2 or 3-1 deficit and you know perhaps even conceded a few more goals after that. But this team... This team doesn't really give opponents much. And even when the Jets do concede higher danger chances, uh, Hellebuck and Bersois have done more than enough to keep the puck out. It's really funny that Hellebuck's save percentage was below a 900 for the first time in like a good week or so, thanks to um, the Yotes only generating like 17 or 18 uh, total shots on the evening. It actually was like 19. Um, so, you know, that's like the first time that we've really seen Hellebuck's save percentage itself dip. And it's really funny because, you know, the Jets still continued their three goals or less streak. And, you know, they've actually conceded like two goals or less in most of these games. Winnipeg is very stingy. They don't really give up a lot. Um, and the fact that the Jets have managed to pull this off is something that's actually getting national attention. Uh, you look at how many goals Winnipeg has conceded for the most part. It's like two goals per game, maybe one goal in a lot of instances. The last time that they actually conceded, you know, more than like, I don't know, two goals or something, I think came uh, against New Jersey, maybe um, that that's like November 14th, which if you think about it is just mind boggling. It's been a month and a half or so since the Jets last conceded three or more goals uh, that actually just three goals, right? <laughs> like that is astounding. And I think it really speaks to what I was talking about on yesterday's episode, where I said, it's really important to appreciate what the Jets are doing and kind of cherish this particular run, because it's just not guaranteed to last, right? At any point, any given Sunday, Hellebuck or Bressois could have one bad day, and suddenly, you know, the streak is over, which makes the, 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 the memory of the streak and the enjoyment while it's happening all the more special. But, you know, with how this team is playing and what we're seeing from the Jets, you almost anticipate that the Jets are going to actually reach the uh, top streak, which I think is around 35 or 36 games. Um, if the Jets can somehow reach that that milestone or even beat it, that would be, I mean, <laughs> you might as well just give the Jets the cup, right? I, I feel like Winnipeg has proven beyond a, beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are really close to being um, true cup contenders. And you'll probably ask why I say, almost there and it's just because once you reach the playoffs the structure of, of how that like i guess postseason works is fundamentally different you're not facing uh different opponents every game you know you're going to be facing the same one for seven games and at times you know your your team's weaknesses 
can be taken advantage of by one opponent. Just ask the Tampa Bay Lightning a few years ago when they got swept by the Blue Jackets. That's not going to happen to the Jets, right? Winnipeg is in a much better state. They have some room for improvement. They could do a couple of trades maybe and perhaps get this team to be so overkill it's not even funny. But yeah, I mean, Winnipeg, you know, they're, they're, they're going streaking. They're on another win streak. If they were to sweep uh, this whole homestand, which I just, I really would be surprised, uh, or I guess I also wouldn't be surprised because this Jets team continues to defy expectations. Uh, but I feel like Winnipeg, you know, they're probably going to have at least one loss in here. Um, I think they might actually have one of the longest winning streaks right now that's active. Uh, only the Panthers and the Oilers have longer streaks at seven games. They're tied with the Kraken. But hey, perhaps the Jets can come away with a 10-game win streak. If you think that's possible and if you really believe that, you might be rewarded because the Jets have been playing at a level that's just incredible. This team is super for real, and it has been an absolute treat and a, a blast to watch. So let's hope the Jets can keep the streaks up. Let's hope that Sack Squirtle can bring us even more victories. Let me know how you're feeling about this run in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Now, to close this out tonight, I thought I'd spend some time checking around the league and seeing how the other divisions are doing and talking about some potential uh, teams that have really impressed recently and maybe some teams that are fading from the playoff picture. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. When it comes to buying event tickets, a lot of you have probably dealt with all of the trials and travails of trying to secure uh, your next uh, hockey game or even football game tickets. A lot of you might be looking around for NFL tickets, especially as the playoffs are rolling around. And guess what? You get hit with huge service charges. You find out that perhaps the seat might not even be available. Some of the apps are buggy. And, you know, you're wasting time and money trying to find the perfect seat. Sometimes you might even buy one and it's not even where you thought you were uh, actually sitting. You might get an obstructed view or, you know, somebody who's sitting sitting right in front of you might actually block you. But with game time, they want to like take all of the fuss and guesswork out of it. They offer you in-venue views so you know what you're actually paying for. And they also have really cool last-minute deals, uh, flash sales, and so much more. And best of all, game time comes back uh, backed with the lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection. So if you want to take the guesswork out of buying tickets, go with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and be sure to use promo code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's closing thoughts as we just quickly wrap up checking around the NHL and seeing what some of these other divisions and teams have been up to recently. I already briefly alluded to the Metro division being an absolute uh, slog right now for teams that are anywhere after first place. Um, holy cow, man. That is like one of the most insane divisions I've ever seen, which is also really funny because it, it's kind of, it's hard to know if it's like a mediocre division or or it's really strong and you just have lots of teams that are reasonably good. I honestly don't even know. Um, it's really hard to figure out. You've got tons of teams with like negative goal differentials, tons of teams that are decent, but have like critical flaws that would be exposed in the playoffs. And yet somehow all of them, almost all of them have at least 44 points. It 
I mean, I don't even know how to describe that sort of uh, um, like scoring record. It's bizarre. But let's start off with the Atlantic because that one's a lot less weird and a, and a little bit more stratified. So you've got the uh, Bruins and Panthers followed by Toronto and Detroit and then the Lightning, Canadians, Sabres, and Ottawa. And between those, there's actually a decent amount of segmentation. Right now, the Bruins and Panthers, who have played a couple more games than Toronto, uh, are currently leading the way. I'd say with Boston, I am still a bit suspicious of the Bruins. Not because the Jets beat them recently, but I just feel like the way that they've won some of their games, I don't quite know if I feel like it's going to be the sort of thing that can get them through in the postseason. Offensively, they do generate some pretty decent chances, and like they've got a really lethal power play. But I do kind of wonder if... Um, you know, the lower goal totals from this team this year are going to be a problem once they reach, you know, the playoffs, right? They, they've scored a decent amount, right? But I feel like in a seven-game series where, you know, they're going to have to lean really heavily on Marchand and Pasternak and DeBrusque, you know, can those guys make up for perhaps some lesser uh, depth scoring as you go down the lineup? I don't know. Maybe they've made it work so far this year, and they're one of the top one of the top teams in the standings. So I might be kind of making much out of nothing, but I do feel like at some point, you know, I don't know if it's going to be like the, it was last year where they're out in the first round, but I am a little bit suspicious. I am less suspicious of the Panthers. They've just been legitimately scoring for fun the last handful of games. Uh, they're on a seven-game win streak, and it feels like after a, a kind of lackluster start to the year, the last month or so, they've really started turning up the heat, and they're looking really scary. Uh, this team, if if Bobrovsky continues to hold and their defense can keep doing what it's been doing recently, the offense has really started to click, and Paul Maurice might have sort of unlocked uh, the Panthers again this year after they had a pretty strong regular season last year. Didn't quite end the way they wanted it to, but I do feel like the Panthers are still a big threat. After that, you know, it's just a lot of teams that are either interesting um, but very flawed or just kind of bad. I think Toronto has taken a bit of a step back this year. You know, you look at the the stats for this team, and on paper, things seem okay. But if you start looking at the underlyings, you know, offensive creation is down defending uh, like the, the number of scoring chances and high danger chances against has shot up significantly. The goaltending has been atrocious. So all of that to say that Toronto is kind of in a rough spot because they don't have a lot of room to move and, and bring in, you know, top talent. They just now figured out that they're going to resign Willie Nylander for like 11 and a half million for eight seasons. So again, they keep spending and, you know, they're just going to have to hope that at some point, this core does something decent. After that, you know, Detroit and Tampa are probably two teams that are going to be fighting for wild card spots. Tampa is one of those teams where they're just basically relying on their power play right now, but they should probably start selling. Detroit, yeah, they're they're there. I, I think they're an all right team. They have certainly scored a lot this year, but I do suspect that once they reach the postseason, you know, it's going to be a bit of a rougher ride should they make it. Now, that would be, you know, a tough ask considering the Metro Division might actually hold all of the wild cards. You've got the Rangers, the Canes, the Islanders, the Flyers, the Devils, the Caps, the Penguins, and then the Blue Jackets. And the craziest thing is, between second and seventh place, Carolina and Pittsburgh, they are split by only five points. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to make of this division. Uh, like every team seemingly has at least a couple of critical flaws for the devils. It's been injuries and, and goaltending for the Islanders. It's a lackluster offense. 
for the Flyers, it's just inconsistent play and a bit of a troubled defense with mediocre goaltending. You know, the, the Rangers might be the only team that are really, uh, truly scary just because they have some elite scoring talent, but even they have maybe conceded quite a few goals recently. They just got blown out like 6-3 by the Canucks. So, yeah, weird division. Not really sure who I even trust out of this group. Um, I feel like if the Jets were to maybe match one of these teams in the playoffs for the Cup, obviously, you know, Winnipeg could match up with just about anyone in that division. I think the Rangers might be the only ones that give them a few fits just because of the special teams difference. But at even strength, the Jets could definitely take it. Now, in the Central, Winnipeg is currently in first, followed by Colorado and Dallas. The Jets are holding steady. The Avs have played a couple of games uh, more, and the Stars have recently lost a couple of games and fallen just a little bit behind the pace. Then you've got the Preds, Blues, Yotes, Wild, and Chicago. Uh, Nashville and St. Louis are probably going to be vying for wild card spots, but they're actually starting to get some competition from the Pacific Division because the Kraken and Oilers have recently kind of turned their seasons around and are starting to look pretty dangerous. The rest of the Pacific really hasn't changed much. You've got Vancouver, Vegas, and LA on top. Uh, a couple of those teams, LA and Vegas, have recently slipped a bit, perhaps a little more than I think they were expecting, but you still don't want to make you know match them up in the playoffs. They're still really good. They're still dangerous, and they will perhaps put a real hurting on you if you underestimate them. The bottom of the Pacific, though, that one is probably staying pretty firm. Calgary, uh, Anaheim, and, and San Jose, all not very great teams, all of them struggling in their own ways, and they are unlikely to really make the postseason. The Flames maybe have the best chance, but they are, are also kind of on the verge of selling. So a lot of stuff for the Jets to kind of... Um, Consider as they're really vying for a president's trophy run. I didn't think we'd ever be saying that this season, much less any season, uh, like 2017, 2018 probably seemed like the year that would be the most likely to be a president's trophy winner. And they weren't the, the, the best overall team by record, but this year they might actually do it. The Jets are on a really good path. They've been playing well. And let's just hope that as guys get healthier and perhaps Winnipeg makes a deal or two, that this team continues to rack up those standings points and remains at the top. I don't believe in the President's Trophy curse. I think this team is built differently uh, than a lot of other teams that have kind of fallen victim to a couple of, you know, really silly uh, mistakes in, in the first rounds. This Jets team is battle tested. They know what they're here for and they're hungry for more. So, let me know what you think about this and how the Jets are doing. Give me your thoughts on the rest of the league, which teams scare you, which teams don't. Drop those in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Check back in tomorrow for coverage of Winnipeg versus Columbus and what will hopefully be another win. But as I said, have a great night and go Jets go.